Wardcast episode 172. Go! I'm Dylan Lavento, and tonight, tonight, third night of Magfest. I'm joined by Sean Harrington. Hola, hola, hola. How are you doing? I'm great. One of the first people on the recording that never actually made it to a recording. That's right. I was cut content. We uh, <laughs> we tried recording our uh, our planning session for Global Game Jam the, the year we made Arbo. Yeah, Arbo. And it didn't. Uh, the we record we put a we put a snowball mic in the middle of a table in a super yeah. echoey room, <laughs> and you couldn't hear a thing on that recording. So I was like, <laughs> Mason, we can't, we can't, we can't do this. It's, I mean, like we, I know, I know we're we're just starting out, but this is there, there's a threshold. And I you felt bad. You have to set a bar. I you fe- have to set a bar. I felt bad, but I mean, it, it was it was literally unlistenable because you just couldn't understand what was going on a lot of warbling a lot of like nonsense i'm sure we were making nonsense because it was like my first game jam and we were also walking across the room it's like you know all this kind of stuff we you know ask me about the time we tried recording on the drive up to pax east one year driving up to boston and we had two snowball mics like lodged in the center console oh my god and um and the things thing about snowball mics is that they uh they only work for you can't have multiple plugged into the same computer at one time yeah because they have like identical like usb ids or whatever it's called and so you can only so none of them would work well so only one would one of them would work Uh. unless what you would do is you would ship one snowball in back to to yeti yeah um and they would change the id on that one and it'd send it back to you and then you could use two concurrently but we also didn't know how that worked we like we didn't know how to do multi-track recording and so we ended up just recording waveform still, which is super like um, risky. Yeah. Because if audition crashes, it doesn't save any of it. Oh God. Whereas if you save in multi-track, it's it's buffering and saving as it's going on. Cool. Um, I'm not a stranger to the podcast. Yeah. I do know that I do not have the appropriate gear to do a proper podcast. I use a shitty app on my phone to record. So I play Dungeons and Dragons okay. with a group of friends. You got your your critical role Kind of. Oh, we aspire. Uh-huh. We aspire. We are not. We do our best uh, accents. Our Australian accents always end up look, sounding like Cockney. Uh-huh. Our, uh, Same thing. Oh, yeah. Our jokes always, uh, always land uh, uh, with impeccable taste if kept within our group. Uh, the podcast never leaves uh, my Dropbox. Okay. Uh, but it's something that just for we your like own to, oh, yeah. enjoyment. So we, we get used to listening to our nerdy, nasally voices. And uh, we also kind of have a lot of fun being able to uh, to kind of have uh, something record the goings on of our adventure. And we've been doing it for the past uh, three years. And uh, every now and then we say, you know what? We're going to buy nice gear. Never do it. Just been using the phone and we're just kind of rocking with it. Well, if you ever want to take the plunge, let me know because I've made enough mistakes to know <laughs> what you need to get and what you don't need to get. Okay. Um, like I said, $20 mics right here in our hands. <laughs> like a nice $20 dynamic mic is all you need. And, you know, it's the stuff that records the audio is the expensive part. Yeah. Um, I have oh, this man. I have this portable recorder, then I have a interface at home. I actually like this a lot better. The interface, I think, might be uh, dying. Um, there's It does some weird stuff where it'll, like, drop someone's gain. Oh, yeah. Without any warning. So then they get super quiet. Um, 
Man. I have a feeling like if I bought that, I would go down the same like wormhole of buying pedals for music. For like drum just, kits? Oh, my, oh, well, like for, for, um, for like guitars, drum kits. Okay. Like I, when I was, I, I mean, I used to play music too. And I started um, just grabbing like a, a, a everything in one box uh, looper. And my buddy was like, this is how it starts, man. You get one pedal. This isn't going to be enough. You're going to get another one, and then you're going to be two thousand dollars in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, luckily, I never, I never, uh, I never kind of like got the itch enough to to buy that much gear. But I could easily see that with recording stuff. So I might just stick with my tried and true smart recorder app. Say fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know how much I've spent total on all this stuff because I mean I have one set of the cheap dynamic mics, and I have another set of like nice um condenser mics i think those are like 50 bucks a pop okay and then like the recorders like were like 300 a piece mm. and then you have mic stands and like you know that's how it starts man you get the stands pretty yeah. soon you're gonna have egg cartons on the walls yeah and then you get the foam mm-hmm. and then pretty soon you've you've got an entire recording studio <laughs> yeah, you got the acoustic foam that apparently ruins walls which i didn't know i did not know that yeah when you like mount it apparently it's like well you better be happy with that because yeah. <laughs> that's where it's staying oh man um <laughs> yeah so sean yeah this is your first magfest first magfest welcome Popped my cherry real, real nice. <laughs> real good. Real good. Real good. It is, um, it is incredible. So, got to preface this. Uh, preface? Preface? Preface. Uh, preface. Thank you. I say um, preface. <laughs> the, this is like not my first con. Um, I haven't gone to a lot of cons, but I've been to um, like Comic-Con as a kid. Like that was the thing my dad. Like San uh, Diego? Uh, uh, Boston Comic-Con. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, San Diego Comic-Con. That would be amazing. Um no, like growing up, my dad was a big Trekkie and into comic books. And um, he, I'm pretty sure it was his m- way of parenting is he still wanted to do his cool shit. So he would just drag me around. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I like absorbed all of all of his interests. And since then, it's just been like, um, you know, whenever there went high school went to a bunch of anime conventions with like my brother in Richmond. And then, um, just recently, like I had the pleasure of going to, uh, Vancouver for a SIGGRAPH. Oh, okay. It was amazing. So, um, and that was like my first business trip where I was like flying solo Mm -hmm. and I was in Vancouver, which I'd never been to. Right. Um, plus you're at SIGGRAPH where you have amazing computer artists got to meet, um, an amazing amount of, um, geniuses uh that make you know uh the tools of uh the people that make all of the art and um 3d graphics for like marvel movies and uh uh, listen to some uh people from pixar um talk about the incredibles too and um got to see a bunch of demos of um like crazy experimental artistic so like cons great so this is not my first con. You're pro con. You're but not. You're not con con. I am pro con, but uh, I've never been to like um, a music convention mm-hmm. where there are so many um, music geeks, and I've certainly never been to a video game convention. Mm. And Welcome. like, yeah, oh man, it's like it's scratching a niche I didn't know I had, and uh, Magfest has always been that thing that I. 
each year I kind of, ever since I like started hooking up with uh, RVA Game Jams guys, it's like something that I'm like, oh, I'll do, but you know, kind of like pussyfitted around, never actually committed. It's a weird time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right at the new year. Usually I'm fresh off of, um, holiday stuff and um drinking and it's like hey (laughs) would you want to do some more drinking oh but um it's uh oh man i have learned what the colossus scream is that's like yes as soon as we stepped in Just stepping all of a sudden you hear it and had it immediately explained to me by justin there there are points where like i am totally down for like that aspect of MAGFest. And then there are points where I'm like totally not down. (laughs) And it's usually like in the twilight hours (laughs) of the evening. And I'm like kind of tired and I'm like shuffling back to my hotel room. And then I just, I'm caught in this group of people and there's a, you know, a group of cosplayers that are preventing me from walking further because they want to take a photo op. And then there's some (laughs) other guys like just geeking out about, whatever the fuck and then this guy wants to start the colossus roar yeah and so he goes and then it just echoes and everyone just starts doing it (laughs) and i'm like i'm so not in the mood for this like the worst times um, it's it's definitely a novelty like (laughs) the the some of my most agitated at magfest is usually and i'm I feel like I've been very say negative on Magfest. No, I, I totally get it. You say it with love. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I, I love, it's a unique convention. Like it's, it's, it's unique in video game conventions. Like no other video game convention is like this because of the 24 hour aspect and it's all built into the, the 24 the, the, hour the resort. Yeah. Blows my mind. Right. So I'm a, I'm a night owl. Um, getting to that age where like I can pick and choose my nights and sure. you know, yesterday I was like, mm, it's 11 o'clock. I should really go to bed. And here I am up at a three. Um, but it, that certainly scratches an itch. I was like, this is how ha- this has casino vibes yeah. all up and down. I could stay here and not know what time it is and just keep going mm-hmm. and pull the lever again. Oh Let's man. Go. Another dope Before you hit. know, it's like, is it fucking 5 a.m.? I don't know if you swear on this, but I'll oh, just yeah. drop yeah, it. Yeah, profanity's fine. Sorry. I meant, I, meant to, I meant to clarify that at the beginning. Excellent. Excellent. No PG-13 ratings here. No, no, um, no. Yeah, the 24-hour thing could easily... I wish I had come earlier. Like, I wish I had come out, like, years ago when I had the energy and had... I mean, I've, apparently I've had that group of friends this entire time because everybody I know mm-hmm. comes out to this thing. Yeah. Um, which is great. Um, and, like, wish that it didn't take me this long to come out to my first one. So it's been very surprisingly like nice. I knew I'd enjoy it, but um, it's definitely something I'm going to keep on coming to. Yeah. So um, like the panels have been great. I've been doing, I went and saw uh, Ruthie, Ruthie's uh, oh, uh, panel this morning. Yeah. 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 That was really insightful and very well put together. She's like definitely, you can tell that she's done. She's research. a brand center student. <laughs> Those brand center students are, those fuckers overachieving (laughs) yeah it was really cool um the uh the accessibility um panel was um that and another panel were like the um the idea of so many like game ideas one and uh drew a crowd like i was surprised the amount of people that really wanted to learn about like accessibility i feel like that's the hardest part about like being the person that like organizes the panels is because all the panel rooms are different sizes. Yeah. So they have to determine like, okay, how big of a crowd do we think this panel is going to draw? Yeah. How big of a crowd do we think this panel is going to draw? Um, so most of the panels that I've done have been in the smaller rooms, except for 
the Game Workers Unite one, which was in like one of the bigger rooms. It was like panels two or whatever. So like one of the main ballrooms. Um, and it was like streamed on Twitch and recorded and all this stuff. Giddy up. But uh, yeah, I always think about that because when we do our panels at PAX, yeah. we always fill the room. Oh shit. Pretty much. Wow. I think the first East one that I did with Mason and Dan and Alex Rice filled that room. Um, and that sat about 300 people. Uh, the one we did at PAX South, I think we got like three-fourths full. But it was, I think it was even bigger. Wow. But it was a different shape, so it was weird because like the ones here in the big ballrooms, yeah. they're like pretty rectangular and they're, they're, they're like... They go long- far back. Yeah, they're longer than they are wide. Dude, I would get such stage fright if I was sitting in front of there and it was filled to the brim and you just look back and there it is nuts to butts people waiting for you to say the most insightful stuff yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah yeah <laughs> so props yeah, join, to you. join the club yeah but big, i mean it, it's hard props. to tell it's like oh well how many people are in here and like also like is this a bigger crowd is this the same size crowd because yeah. like and then my pax west panel was like in a room that was pretty it was skinny but it was long yeah but i also don't know how many people it fit it could have fit like 200 could have fit like 100. I, yeah. I, I, I actually couldn't tell you. The only reason I know the seating size for our first one we ever did was because I looked up pictures online because mm-hmm. I was so invested in knowing. Mm-hmm. And I went and I counted. Someone had a picture. Someone took a picture of that room and I counted how many seats that would be in there. I was like, all right, well, it's 10 rows of 30 seats. Like, all right, it's, it's a around this number that would not be a way to suck myself in and right. be like oh well, that's a lot of people I, well i mean i don't know it's it's weird for me because like uh it's like how many how many panels have you have you done over the years you got i mean you've been on a roll you've well so like, we started it we started with the pin gems panel in 2017 so we did it once in 2017 at pax east in boston mm-hmm. and then this past year we did it at south in san antonio east in boston and west in seattle um, and then here at MAGFest, I did the the Union one on Thursday. I did the Game Jam one yesterday. And then today I did like the funny superhero one where it was like, what does your superhero power say to you? And that one was really fun because I didn't give a shit. Yeah. I didn't care if there was three people in there. I'm like, <laughs> we're just going to make jokes the entire time. Who cares? Uh, but I had a pretty good turnout. I would say it was like 30 or 40 people. Nice. What was the takeaway with that? That sounds really interesting. Like um, He was exploring... Tell, kind of give me the rundown yeah, yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So Alan Brooks, um, I'm going to tell the story because he's not here, and um, I apologize, Alan. But By default, you get to say it. <laughs> yeah. So the story he told me is that one night he uh, got dinner, I believe it was at E3, with a bunch of industry people. Mm. And it was like a lot of big wigs. Um, and what he normally does to like break the ice is this kind of question that he always pulls out and he goes all right you have to kill you you can have any superpower you want but you have to kill one person that you know to get it who would you kill and what would be the superpower oh man and usually the conversation lasts like five to ten minutes is what he says this conversation with these industry professionals lasted three hours (laughs) oh man oh man so the panel was that because so it's in the the mages forum so mages is like a you know, a branch of the panel section in mages is the educational symposium, which this, I don't know why this was part of the educational symposium, but 
Um, well, you got to learn who you'd kill. Sure. That's yeah. important yeah, information. Yeah, you got to measure people. You got to size Gun them to up. Your head, whose head would you put your gun to? <laughs> That's important stuff. Right. <laughs> and so, but the forum room, because it's small and more intimate, it, you're interacting with the crowd more. You're asking them questions. Um, I was immediately, after we finished the panel, it was pretty, you know, we got a pretty good reaction. I was immediately like, okay, we should probably take this to PAX. Yeah. Because this panel would do really well at PAX. And it would be a little bit more organized. But because. Because there's no lifted stage, right? You're not like up and looking at the crowd. You're on the same level as the crowd. It's just like three seats with a folding table in front of like a semicircle, like amphitheater shaped, you know, seating yeah. arrangement. But they're like, you know, five feet away from you. Yeah. And so people get start striking up conversations. And so sometimes you you kind of lose the the forumness, the, or actually you lose the attention. You you lose the attention of the room. And True. They get, sometimes they get sidetracked. So like you have to pull them back in. But like in at a PAX, you don't have that. It's always on a stage. We're talking to you. We have a standing mic. You come up to the mic. We're only interacting with you. And yeah. so... Like a normal panel that right, I right, right. would think of. Yeah. So Ooh. so it would be uh, uh, pretty pretty advantageous um, to do it in that. And I think it would help because, like, you know, it's all about um, riffing. Yeah. It's all about making jokes. And I and I really enjoyed it. It was it was fun. It was interesting to see what people like these fuckers like right out of the gate. So like so so to put some more stipulations on it, mm-hmm. you have to um so who would you kill and for what superpower? The person that you kill, you have to know them and they have to be accessible. Oh man. So they were like we were immediately like, Look, if you want to kill Trump, like you, you have to know him. You can't. You can't get to Trump. You have to at least had like, a had a drink with him. Well, well no, no. You, but you cannot get to Trump. <laughs> yeah. Unless you accessible. are a secretary, uh, you know, you know, on the cabinet or something. Yeah. So, mm. so it's it's stipulations like that, and then um, it's a single superpower. Interesting. Is this like? Mm, did anybody come at you with like I wish for more wishes sort of superpowers? No, but oh, we okay. were very clear like. You can't be like, I want to be Spider-Man because Spider-Man has, you know, web shooting. He can stick to walls. He has the spider sense. That's three superpowers. Yeah. You would have to pick one of them. Yeah. And being Superman, I mean, Spider-Man, if you choose that, you don't get any of his powers. You just are Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. You're just Peter Parker. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Should have worded, worded that I'm better. A nerdy dirt. A nerdy dirt. Nerdy dirt. Nerdy dude. <laughs> um, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. I don't know who I would honestly kill. I don't. I don't know anybody that I would hate enough that I consider somebody I know because they would probably be listening to this podcast. Uh oh. And I know nobody famous that is evil. I only know lawful good. Well, it, <laughs> and so, lawful neutral. So, like the games, uh, industry or the game, you know gamers in general yeah. like we're pretty we're a pretty nerdy bunch and we there's a lot of people that have like you know have been harassed or like you know made fun of yeah. or abused so a lot of people were like well i would kill my, my abuser yeah. i would kill someone i know who's super homophobic i would you know yeah so there was a lot of that and we're like yeah yes like no wrong answers yeah no skin off our nose like yeah, yeah that's a good person to target um <laughs> in this hypothetical game thank sure, god <laughs> yeah yeah we were like okay what if like some like actual like sociopath or psychopath like walked into the room and was like i would kill my next door neighbor who's 
I've been watching him for three weeks, and yeah, he, I know his schedule down to a T. Uh, okay, what uh, power? Your, would, what power? No superpower. I just want to kill. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> that is my superpower. See through walls. <laughs> my superpower. So I can see my prey. Yeah. Oh man. Pretty fun though, and then okay, so like, <laughs> pretty the, great, yeah, yeah, pretty great. Aside from that part, the yeah. superpowers, like, what what was kind of like the craziest superpower? Well, so these fucking guys, these <laughs> fucking these fucking audience members, just immediately out out of the gate were like, oh, uh, my superpower, um, yeah, I'll kill this dude, this person, like whatever. Like, no one was. There was like two people in the audience that were like, I don't know if I would kill someone because you would also pit, like ask that as like. Would you like the moral quandary of are you would you be willing to kill someone for superpower? Yeah, and a lot of them were like, Yeah, sure, why not? With whatever, it's one guy, yeah, one person, yeah. Um, this, <laughs> like, uh, <"Ooh." laughs> yeah, this is a side of humanity that I don't normally stare into. It's like staring at the sun. <laughs> this one, like, the first guy we asked because yeah. they just raised hands, we're like, All right, yeah, you superpower, what would you do? He said, Uh, power over the ether. And then he went into this big tangent about like, you know, you have the four classical elements, earth, water, you know, wind uh, and fire. Okay. And we're like, okay. Yeah. It's like, and there's the fifth element, you know, in some in some mythologies and some religions or in some parts of the world, it's like wood or it's like this or that. And then sometimes it's ether. Yeah. And like ether is like sometimes just like matter, right? It's the things that bind everything else together. Yeah. And having control over that is basically like having control of reality or like to shape and it eliminate gives matter. You every single su- that is right, a right. i i wish for for wishes basically kind of, like yeah. and that was the first guy and we're like okay <laughs> new rule moving on no ether <laughs> next person no well we were like you can't have a superpower that someone has already picked oh okay so we were just like we got it because like otherwise it'd be like yeah, i, I want, want power over too. reality and everyone would say that and it's like well that's not a funny thing yeah that doesn't we're not having a conversation yeah we're just all we want to be thanos we're, yeah <laughs> come on like get out of here yeah i also a lot of like a f- different fandoms like kind of came into the picture which was really weird I appreciate that because yeah. every time someone would like talk about a power yeah. Someone would either be like, oh, that's like this thing in DC or that's like this thing in Marvel or that's like this thing in Harry Potter or that's like this thing in My Hero Academia or that's like this thing in like X, Y, or C thing. Yeah. And it got weird. <laughs> I was like, I have no I idea. I have noticed that, I mean, so I was talking with Ben earlier about, um, you know, cons like this that bring a wide variety of people that normally don't feel like they can fully express themselves. And so yeah. this is a safe place that they can yeah. express themselves. And that is great. I am all about that. I am, um, you know, I see so many different walks of life coming through here. And I love it because, you know, they're just being them and they want to express themselves. But it does bring out a little bit of crazy. It does bring out a little bit of uh, perspective that I, right. I wouldn't normally. I mean, I don't consider myself a normie or anything. But then, you know, some of the uh, like we went to a panel yesterday, which was how to turn mundane things in life into something that you could turn into like a game jam game. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of the um, a lot of the people you know, wanted to participate and got really eager and you could tell that their excitement over being able to like participate in a game jam thing, it really derailed um, some of the conversation and the end result was great. And I could talk about it um, 
a lot of the ideas, but the, 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 the weird, the weird factor was definitely like, Oh yeah. Okay. These are, these are, these are the people just let, let that weirdness just wash over you. Just enjoy it because like, this is the place that they can do that. Um, I can't speak to the weirdness that you experienced, which might be a little bit more than, well, it's just these fandoms that I have no knowledge of Yeah, that I'm just like, Oh God, I'm losing control of this panel. <laughs> the losing control was absolutely something that I experienced in that mundane thing because the games, the games that was being pitched, uh, started to, yeah, make those like little conversations happen and pretty soon there were like eight or nine conversations yeah. and the guy was like, okay, let's bring it back mm -hmm. to, you know, it felt like, um, adjunct professor was, was, uh, was bringing the, bringing the attention of a, of a group of like college kids back, to, right. back around, which I mean, I can appreciate the freeform nature of a lot of like the Magfest like panels and stuff, yeah. but also like, Hey, I pitched this panel. I'm running this panel. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, you are the audience. You have, you know, temporary participation. Yeah. You have limited participation. Yeah. Like if you like I'm very much like that, like, you know It's to keep everybody else is should be should be able to, to enjoy the panel as yes. well. And I see it a lot. Some people when they feel like they can get a little bit of a spotlight. Attention. Yeah. You know, it's like it goes with improv comedy. You don't want it. Once you grab that spotlight and if you hog that, it's kind of a disservice to everybody else. Or even stand-up comedy. Like. Yeah, definitely stand-up comedy too. Um, yeah, it's like eh, you, you kind of have to deal with that because, you know, I attribute it and to And I mean, I'm, I've been guilty of that too, like during Q&A or something in a, in a panel. Definitely. Um, my favorite example of that was I once went to a Pat Bear panel, which Pat Bear, if you're not familiar, he's mm -hmm. um he's a the improv comedian based out of New York. Um, but he works a lot with like Giant Bomb and other game developers. Okay. Um so he runs a lot of panels at PAX. Um he has like four or four in it, which is just about like he bring he he creates a uh, a group of panelists and they bring like random YouTube videos and, and shit together and they and they basically like say like this is our like sample set of the internet and like we're going to talk about it and, and riff on it um <laughs> he has one called the uh um improv improvised postmortem which he basically makes up a video game title and then the people have to create a postmortem they have to go up and talk about the game as if they were the developers on it oh, and I what their experience that. was on making the game um i love that <laughs> during the improvised postmortem at last year's pax east this guy in the front row, I was sitting there with Mason, and this guy in the front row stands up. And it also, this is being live streamed on Twitch, because some, some of the panel rooms are live streamed. Yeah. And they're doing their thing. You know, I, I forget who's up there. Like, Jeff Gershman is, like, doing one with Dave Lang or maybe Felix. I, I don't remember. But this guy stands up <laughs> wearing a pirate hat. As like, one would. <laughs> a big, like, felt pirate hat with, like, I think, like, a plush parrot on it or something. Okay. <laughs> and then like stands up for like a second and then like turns and then walks out of, of the room. And we're like, okay, like, you know, people get up and walk out of panels. Yeah. Totally fine. Not about it. That's cool. And then after like whoever was in the middle of like their postmortem after they finished, Pat Bear is like, I just want to say, if you want to leave the panel, that's totally fine. Just sit in the back and don't wear a fucking pirate hat. <laughs> right? Because it's basically a sale. Everybody behind you now has to watch a pirate 
question what a pirate's doing right and then why he's yeah leaving. you are now like uh, taking the attention away from the people that are trying to you know bring i bet that hat was big enough to Joy. block the live stream no i'm sure it showed up <laughs> i don't know where the cameras are placed yeah but i can guarantee that it showed up in that because he was he was obviously he was like in front of the table yeah he was in front of the the panelist table like he had to have been in the shot Suddenly, Captain Crunch decides to exit. <laughs> that shit bothers the shit out of me. I don't care if it's at a panel. I don't care if it's at a concert. Like, yeah. I went to a Crosby, Stills, and Nash concert once, and this guy was like losing his mind. Like, like I don't know if he was on something or something, but he was like, he had taken his shirt off, and he was like running up and down the aisles. And at some point, oh, security oh. had to no. And this was like a seated thing. Like, this was in Portsmouth, like the venue in Portsmouth. Um. Just so he was like part of the part of the audience and probably just wanted the attention. Right. You know, he just if you're the the equivalent of streaking through a soccer game, um, which is fun because everybody likes to, everybody loves a, a greased up uh, a soccer fan naked running through a game and watching those watching those security guys who are way bigger than they should try to catch up to a naked guy that is the most fit they are always the most fit and can always run away um but, but what 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 concert? It was a concert. It was Crosby Stills and Nash Crosby Stills. Like like the average age was like fifty. Oh my god, they're not going to appreciate a bare ass. No, no. no. <laughs> I mean not that. I one. mean he he wasn't fully nude, but he was shirtless and he was just like holding up the the horns. Oh my god! And like the security was walking, and it's like I look around and it's just like a bunch of old polite guys, like you know, all seated, like pretty much all seated. Like this was like the middle of the concert. Um. <laughs> and I just got so mad. My dad was chuckling about it, but I, I just that, that shit incenses me so much. Well, um, if I'm ever in a panel and I see a guy go shirtless, I will tackle him to the ground. <laughs> no, like, you're ruining <laughs> it. You were ruining it. You were throwing off my friend. Uh, whatever. I I could probably I could probably take it. I have I have so many. I have people on my panels that are way more talented and and more well-known than i am and they could probably cool shrug that shit off yeah like better than i would eh, you know um yeah the panels are great um i have let's see i, I did the accessibility one ruthie had i um again i was talking about how it's so great magfest is a music uh festival and saw um one of justin's um friends or like like acquaintances um uh i can't remember um um, his uh, last name, but they did a dissert like a dissertation or of um, how what influenced anime and video game music to sound the way it does. And the hypothesis was that it was uh, American occupation of Japan right after World War II. Okay, and it was really great because they started off with here's our hypothesis. It was real academic and shit. Uh, start off with a hypothesis, basically what I said. And then they kind of did a really quick, and they only had an hour to do this, right. give a really quick introduction to music theory. And these guys are, they know their shit. Um, they were the composers of like some pretty um, high profile like animes like Beyblade and um, a couple other video games. They rattled off so much stuff that I was like, I know that, I know that, I know, I know that. Oh, okay, these guys are-, are They know their they, shit. They know their shit. And then they explain music theory um, 
from like a, a jazz musician perspective that was really fascinating because they explain things like um, scales and modes and all that kind of stuff in a very succinct way that was just enough where like I, I understand music. Okay. Yeah. So I was following, but mm -hmm. I could imagine that anybody that really didn't know music would be kind of lost, but they also played um, music from the time of the 1920s in Japan. And it was like, look at how Asian, basically like listen to how Asian um, this sounds like you kind of feel like it's Eastern and then took you through each decade and played um, some, you know, what's considered pop music of the 1920s, which was kind of like their folk music and was very um, Kabuto or Kabuki mm -hmm. theater sounding. And then um, kind of took you through a journey, just explained like the history in very, very, very like boiled down. They were not historians. They, they, they told us that like, not historians, but did a really good job of explaining. And then when they got to 1945, um, explained that, um, you know, GIs were then stationed in Japan. Um, they got marketed at music. So an abrupt change, like 180 of the music that started coming out of Japan, um, which was basically just like Elvis songs translated to Japanese. So it was kind of funny to hear. I mean, there was a, a recording of what was considered the Japanese Elvis, and he did a really good job of um, of like the covers that they they showed of uh, Elvis, but in Japanese, and then took you through to the seventies and the nineties, and then pretty soon got to um, they they showed off this gradual fusion of jazz from the West, and then Kabuki. Um, pentatonic scale music from the east till you got to you know the main theme of of mario um and which is just jazz and then showed um you know Mega Man 2 ost which was just jazz except with a lot of like rock and said right. this is all chip tunes but if they were to record this in a recording studio they'd hire a drummer they'd hire uh you know an electric guitarist a, a bassist and that yeah. and you'd you know that's jazz you should check out super soul brothers because super soul brothers they, they i think i've heard of do them. covers basically jazz and funk covers of all that music. And, the, and oh man, love the music. So like being able to walk around all the hallways and seeing the little trios and quartets and seeing like the, uh, the Triforce uh, quartets, mm -hmm. yeah. um, just amazing. So I'm like, I'm a classical musician. I played the cello uh, straight out of like fourth grade up through uh, college. Yeah, um, didn't you see Yo-Yo-Yo-Yo Yo -Yo Ma once and we're super excited about it? Yes. Um, my wife got me tickets for my birthday to see Yo-Yo Man Raleigh in a theater where they actually had uh, seats in a normal like um, orchestra like uh, theater, but then they also had seats that was behind the orchestra where the chorus usually sits, and that's where my seat was. Oh wow! So so you weren't in the pit, but you're like right behind the pit. It was it was it was an odd experience because I saw the back of Yo-Yo Ma, <laughs> <laughs> but and I really appreciate this because I've I've played in an orchestra. Right. I got to see what it would be like from Yo-Yo Ma's perspective to play for an like a packed house. Cause like you see the entire audience as he's playing. And uh, the music was, you know, amazing. Um, it was with the Raleigh Symphony. Oh, and, cool. Um, oh man. Yeah. Very cool. So I, I love like classical music, video game music, seeing the blend of that and a lot of like really, really, um, really really enthusiastic people go through that is like a shot in the arm as far as like yeah getting back into it and, and that's what's great because i mean like the other can like paxes and like gdc has has obviously 
uh, elements of that musical professionals come but like mm-hmm. it's nice to see one that's like focused on that stuff yeah um we have to wrap up because uh, some of our other guests are knocking on the door Ooh. and they're uh, on their way um sean real quick what's a game you've seen that you really enjoyed i did see black emperor i've seen that before yeah looks, looks and now it's in the cabinet. AF, and that cabinet is because last time I played it, it was just a TV with like a jury rigged like ah like that pedal. cabinet. Man, yeah. the craft into that. And then the party game we played yesterday, duh, duh, Do- Dobatone. Dobatone, super good. Yeah. Like I really appreciate the enthusiasm of the people that put the craft into the cabinets and the hardware, as yeah. well as like the yeah. actual game, the so. physical machine. Like I was like it was it was a fuzzy memory, like because we were talking about Dobatone a lot in like our game of the year stuff and honorable mentions. And I was like, I don't remember if Dobatone was that great. And then when we went down to play it, I was like, oh, now I remember why I enjoyed Dobatone so much. I enjoy party games, so yeah. definitely. Definitely, and then I have—I've only been able to like kind of skim through. I wouldn't know any of them by name, but a lot of cool stuff. That's pretty much what I'm going to do tomorrow. Is just like actually play some. Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Where can people find you? Um, you can uh, shoot. Everything's out of date. You can find me in Richmond, Virginia. I come out to uh, Global Game Jams online. I've got a website, Sean harrington.com there might be a hyphen in there try both you <laughs> might find uh a sean harrington that is like a basketball coach in wisconsin that's not me find the one that has a find, bunch of uh, find the right one find the one that has a bunch of ui animation i do a lot of ui animation if you see a bunch of flashy color shapes you know going around you found my website and that has all my stuff awesome yeah. all right thanks sean thank you and we'll be right back with more guests And we're back for part two. Hi. Alex Damroth is here. Once again, jumping the gun before I introduce him. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing all right. Welcome to 2019, Alex. Hi. Yeah. Another it's, year. It's been a year since I've seen you, Dylan. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. You already missed the, the first Smash Brothers talk of 2019. I'm actually really pissed about that. Why did you not wait for me? Well, I don't know. I That's that's we a problem. get into it later. Okay. Also joining us, Scott Hilbert creator splitty robot welcome thank you we've had plenty of people on the show sing the praises of your game oh wow really yes Mm -hmm. great alex uh will blanton um they are both big fans right is that how you describe yourself big big fan and i'm excited to see it i'm gonna paint myself as an asshole now i was like how great can this game be and i played it and i was like hey it's actually a really great game (laughs) thank you thank you yeah it's smart Um, but yeah so we'll get to some dev stuff about that and also joining us Alan Brimer, 8-Bit Mullet, also Richmond native. How you doing, Alan? I'm doing great. What's going on? Uh, dressed as uh, Dr. Eggman. Do you prefer Eggman or Robotnik? I prefer Robotnik, actually. Uh, why is that? I don't know. That's just, that's how I was introduced to the game. They called him Robotnik then. I didn't get into the whole like cartoons and stuff until later on. Evil evil Dr. Eggman. That's right. Yeah. Are you, are you the a... Eggman's too on the nose. Robotnik is more about his craft and not the shape of his head. It's a thinking man. So, was well, the shape of his head or shape of his body? I, thought I always it thought like... it was like his whole body yeah. is an egg. I think it's both. Okay. He doesn't have a it's lot like of egg a on neck. top of egg. Yeah. I don't um, think. Does I can't he have recall. any neck at all? Can you even say mm, it it's depends? Like, it depends on which yeah, like form which of like, Sonic. Like the original, like Sonic One, he's like very ovular, and yeah. then like later ones, he like has a very defined neck. Have you ever seen that Twitter thread where the person ranks each depiction of Eggman by its um s- how sexual it is? No, ah. uh, I'll like see if I can this? dig it up. Oh, and, what's later? the most sexual version? Um, I it's see the that. one from um 
uh, Sonic Boom because he's very like stately and stands very erect and he has like a very elegant bomber jacket on that has yeah. like t- tailcoats and okay. like, yeah he like they play him up very vaudevillian in yeah one and he's very classy <laughs> I think the tweet said the raw sexual aura of this character terrifies me dang <laughs> yeah Dang. And like the worst was the one from like the original '80s yeah, cartoon, like, ah. who's just floppy and yeah. like oh, saggy. Yes. And yes. Well, I, yes. I haven't played that game, so they did they try to make Sonic sexy in that game? They too? just make him long. <laughs> really? They, yeah. Well, they, it beats uh, Harry Calves, like this new movie that's coming oh, out. Man. Have you seen that? Oh man, we haven't talked about that. You know, I, don't I think saw that's a, come up yet. I saw a photo of Jim Carrey as Eggman. Yeah, I did too. And I, I was he just I, looks like an old dude. I was ready to cringe, <laughs> but it actually looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. It looks like a dude playing a live action Robotnik. It look pretty much looks like exactly right. what but you he didn't expect. Have, he didn't have like red facial hair, right? It was all white, right? They he had have like a, a stash. Beard. Okay, but it mm. wasn't like a two feet out either side right. of his face stash. It was like a mustache, mustache. So there's a guy at Pack South that does a Dr. Eggman co- uh, cosplay that like real facial hair, like waxes his facial hair, and it doesn't stretch out like two feet but it's like pretty thick like very bushy and just like has the whole like it it it, it starts small and then gets really wide and yeah. then tapers back out and then he has a sonic puppet with him and he's like just <laughs> walking around the show floor just going ah! it's that, weird and he's at every pack south that's cool i really appreciate yeah. commitment to stuff like yeah. that yeah. sounds like my hero me right now i'm just throwing this shit on it's um sometimes when i dj along with supersonic you know he wears his sonic head and then we we're like well what can i wear and so i threw on i made a pullover and made amy it. rose obviously this should be you should be amy rose right? amy rose no i don't know about that big the cat yeah <laughs> uh we just thought we'd go with robotnik and i'm having fun it's good yeah I, my dream though would be to cosplay as slim good body y'all ever heard of him no. yeah you know what i'm talking about get the bodysuit with like all of the organs hanging out yeah absolutely Thank you. i would do that for like the two percent of people here who are old enough to get that reference but the, it was these old like instructional health videos you'd watch in school slim good body would come out he had a bodysuit on yeah. but you could see all his organs and like shit through his bodysuit okay well f- it was like printed on the bodysuit. Yeah, yeah 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 and so to make one myself i'd have to like handcraft the the kidneys and Do all they, that stuff. Yeah, that's right. To yeah, like, like to like, match up with your anatomy, or just like just because I would match his suit, right? okay. and I imagine his suit would match most humans' anatomy. But you never know. Mm-hmm. I would love to cosplay that, except I would have to be like very physically fit first. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. Not. Yeah, that's I'm working like on that. I'm definitely gonna, de- <laughs> definitely gonna pad my crotch though. Definitely put a sock in there. Yeah, maybe two. All right. So in the in the realm of cosplay, uh, I was talking to someone about this today. I'm very uncomfortable with uh, cosplay where it's a couple, where like in my head I'm like these two characters wouldn't fuck. Like I saw a guy dressed up as Ash Ketchum, and then his girlfriend was Pikachu, and I'm like Ash does not fuck Pikachu. Like that's not a thing. It, like why would you do that? Like what are you trying to like communicate to the world by saying, "Hey guys, bestiality"? I well okay. Uh, counterpoint to that, why are you first jumping to, to sex? Why is a relationship only about sex to you, Dylan? Huh? No comment. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> what if what if it's just a platonic, very loving, sure. nurturing, you know, emotional you know, relationship? The boyfriend relationship. turns to stone, and then the girlfriend cries, and the cries and resurrect him from They the love stone. each other. Yeah. Pikachu and Ash but To are know that their love. boyfriend and girlfriend requires some knowledge of the couple. Like, you have to know their... All right, guys, I'm making a lot of assumptions, okay? Like, yeah. we... we 
why'd you turn this on me? This is going to be a great riff. You know, I already had a second one lined up. There was a guy dressed up as Donkey Kong, and then his girlfriend is dressed up as Donkey Kong Jr. And you can't that, tell me that that's, that's not a little fucked up. That's maybe a little weird. That's a little fucked up. See, because now that's incest, and right. there's no saving that. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Scott, talk to me about Splitty Robot. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, Splitty Robot is a game I'm working on. It's a uh, it's a puzzle slash action platformer is kind of what I'm calling it, um, and uh, it's uh, it's hard to describe in an audio medium exactly. But basically, you're a square <laughs> Welcome robot. Welcome to video game podcast. Yeah, you're yeah. a square <laughs> robot, and you can split in half horizontally or vertically, and you're these two connected pieces that are connected by this uh, strut that doesn't collide with the world, and so you kind of. Um, there are, it, the levels are, you know, a series of puzzles and challenges to get through, to get through the level. And, um, there's, there's both like the puzzle aspect of it and the, um, kind of like the, the more actiony Twitch, uh, platformer type stuff to it. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, we, we showed it for the first time at MAGFest last year and we got a really good reception. Um, mm -hmm. so we're back again showing it this year. Mm -hmm. Um, we're still, I mean, it's still in development, but, um, we're working on it and hopefully hopefully twenty nineteen is like the year we get get wrapped up or mostly wrapped up. Um the indie, the indie dev life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't know Alex that well, but it is this game feels like an Alex Damrath slash Will Blanton video game. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Like it's got it's got the art and it's got like the very like simplistic puzzle elements that can be like permutated indefinitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um uh I remember specifically Will trying to describe it, but at least it you know, I don't know if he like described it very well, but his love for it came through uh, the first time I had heard about it. Right. And when I had heard you were going to be at Playthrough and I was going to be there, I was like, sweet. You know, like now I finally get to check it out. And it is like, like it's such a smart concept and getting Thank to sit you. down and play with it, like it really clicked. Thank you. I really need to like follow Part -time this Part time UFO all over again. Yeah. God damn it. Part time UFO is great. Wendy's just now listening to the Game of the Year podcast. Yeah. And you know that, you know that meme where it's the black cat and it had its claws, its claws stuck in two different people's shirts, and it's like being like holding it, and then it's like kind <laughs> nah, of caught I've never in a seen scream. That. I've yeah. not like seen that one. Kind of terrified. Um, she drew my name over the cat, and then you and Will were two different people, Alex, or two, <laughs> the two different people, and she said, "This is what you guys talking about Donut County looked like, or f looked like to me. This is what I pictured in my head." And I was like, I don't yeah. know the Donut County argument being that bad. It's all a blur. It's okay. all a blur. Yeah, I, I, I actually have to go back and listen to it. I think I got only a little bit in before I had to go home or something. But yeah, no, the real reason you stop listening is because everyone hates listening to our own voice, and that's why you stop listening. There's a bit of that too. Yeah, I try and like listen to it anyway, just to sort of catch myself and and hear my discourse back to me and see like, am I dumb? Yes. You know, that's that's like a whole part of it. <laughs> um, but Scott, the what's mm -hmm cool about the game is like i said before it's like even like the puzzles are really like there's it's a thinking man's game yeah like there's <laughs> yeah. there's a lot to it that like is not readily apparent and i feel like did you like in your demo that you have is it like mm -hmm. a very early puzzle and then like a mid or late stage puzzle because that's what it felt like to me um the the demo at least at least the first version was really intended to be a really kind of a um i had organized it based on People had playtested levels and I had intentionally organized things in order of difficulty or in order of how easy they were. And there was a, some things we had to put earlier because, just because they teach you mechanics. Um, this demo is still like that, but there it's not maybe as strictly done that way. It doesn't quite, 
it may not be exactly as straight of a progression, but it's it's still that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's 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 more or less organized that way in increasing order of um, complexity. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I really I really enjoyed that. Like there wasn't stuff where. Like the first part, which is obviously like the tutorial, it's like okay, yes. I can understand kind of like right. quickly what I'm trying to do. But then because you can stretch and collapse the mm -hmm. robot, you know, you can do like a lot of like nifty kind of parkour stuff. Like you were running me through stuff. Right. Like this is a little gimmick that people would do. They mm -hmm. would stretch out vertically and then they would hook themselves on the mm -hmm. ledge and then they would jump. And as they, it was basically like a reverse hook jump that you would see in Mario. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But where Mario falls, the robot mm -hmm. is jumping up. Yeah, and the. The interesting thing about some of that stuff is, um, I can't really, I <laughs> I can't really take credit for all of it because it was things that I just noticed in the prototype that just kind of happened um, that I decided were kind of neat and I left in right and made into um, uh, things that you actually had to specifically do on purpose in the game. Um, there were things that just fell out of how the initial prototype worked, and they just I, I, I was lucky. That, that happened to work out that way. Right. Those are the best kinds of mechanics. Yeah. 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 I liked, I like, my favorite parts are like the very small puzzle boxes where you have oh. like a very narrow area to go through to, to yeah. move around. And it's like, okay, obviously the solution is in here. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the solution? And it's a lot of like you have these big like metal discs that are attached mm -hmm. to like rods that you're either yeah. pulling up or pushing, pushing back. Mm -hmm. And those are really fun to mess around with those like okay what's the proper way to, to interact <laughs> yeah. with something here yeah um i i sent an earlier version of that demo to a friend and he said it kind of felt like being inside of a machine or something like that and he liked he really liked a section that was like that and i tried to put more of that in and there is more of it compared to that version in, in this demo here at magfest yeah. are you a fan of like zactronics games like um, you opus know what? magnum <laughs> or, or what's, um, the, what's the new one called uh the one that's the hacker one <clears throat> Opus Magnum was the new one. No, no, no. They, they um, made another one like later in. Oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking. Well, whatever. Like Opus Magnum yeah. and, and there's there's. Was he the one he did the the I forget what it's called the chemistry one. Space Chem. Space Chem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he did a lot of ones that are kind of yeah. Um, very mechanical. Actually, yeah, I mm -hmm. I do like them, but also they I think um they suck me in a bit, and I have to like not they're they're. <laughs> They're uh, addictive, in a, you know, in a certain way, and I think I would spend like all my time on them if I started yeah, getting really yeah. too into them. They're very um, much like a game designer's game, where yeah. it's like where you can see the system so well that mm -hmm. it's like, oh god, this could like this it like yeah. multiplies and, and yeah. fractals out yeah, in such a way. Specifically, Space Cam, I think, was the one that I played the most, and it 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 starts ramping up in difficulty. Like, um, it kind of goes from. I, I there are some things I could say about it. Um, about what I like about that game, but yeah, I think I reached a point where we were starting to get really, really hard, and I was like, well, I could be thinking really bit hard about things and actually programming things, you know, um, but no, it's, it's, I like the game, it's just, um, I have to kind of limit how much I <laughs> right. spend my problem-solving time on yeah. games. Um, Alan, going back to you. Um, yes. You're DJing here at the show. Yes. People keep talking about your Crossfire show. You could say they're caught up in it. I don't know what crossfire. I don't know what that means, and I don't know what crossfire is. You never heard the phrase "caught up in the crossfire"? I guess so. I guess I have the phrase or the song. I thought it was a slogan for the game. No, just... what is crossfire? <laughs> crossfire is a game that was originally put out by Milton Bradley back in the eighty, probably the eighties, probably seventies. Shit, I don't even know. But if you were a kid in the nineties. 
you saw this commercial nonstop. They marketed the hell out of it. And it's basically this board game where two people shoot these silver balls at each other or shooting pieces across the board. But the commercial was so fucking over the top. It was like the dystopian future, kids, flames, lightning, leather jackets. They come in on hoverboards, like levitating out of the sky, playing crossfire. One of the kids loses, spins away into oblivion. And the other kid is like, yeah, yeah. And it's so memorable. And the jingle is like, crossfire, you'll get caught up in the crossfire. It's crazy. It's fun. And so two years ago, I was sitting around drinking with my friends. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we had this big party where everyone dressed up like those kids and we had a tournament, et cetera, et cetera. And before we knew it, a year later, we had a panel. Because as a musician, you know, we want to perform. We want people to hear our music. It's not easy to get on the main stage here. There's only so many spots. Right. A lot of people apply. We're like, how else can we get involved? We've had a lot of room parties. We decided to have a panel that was more like a party. We would discuss some about the history of the game and its cultural impact, but then for the most part, get down to business, start playing the game. Uh, I prepared eight different remixes of the theme from the commercial using samples from the commercial in eight different genres. So uh, dubstep, trap, house, techno, tropical house, tribal, hip-hop, and synthwave. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. That's, yeah. The dubstep was actually supersonic, um, and he came on board. I made these songs a year ago for the panel, meant to release them as a CD. I think that it's hilarious, honestly, the idea of an entire album dedicated to the jingle of one commercial. I uh, haven't seen just the same yeah. thing, yeah. but like different. Yeah, yeah, different styles, different genres, and I cannot tell you how many times I have heard the music from that uh, that commercial. Yeah, I bet it's drilled in there now. Pretty <laughs> much, yeah. Uh, so this year we're doing it again. Last year we had the panel, and the director of panels is like, "This is the most lit thing I've ever seen." So we <laughs> want to give you the biggest panel, the panels one. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing behind the gazebo. Rooms, yeah. Trying to get a couple hundred people in there at later tonight at one a.m. and oh god, party and turn the lights down, have lightning. Everyone's in leather jackets and fingerless gloves, and we ride. My friend brought those hoverboards that you stand on. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to get in those and come up to the game and play. But this time we got a green screen, so when you when you lose and spin away into oblivion, you can get your picture taken in front of a green screen, and then we'll email you a photo of you like in the commercial as one of those punk-ass kids. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. You're making me feel really bad I have to leave at midnight. This oh, shit, where do you, you have to go for real? He's yeah. only here for the day. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's rough. Well, maybe maybe next time. Yeah, I, I hope. Yeah, I think next time we're definitely going to be here the whole weekend. So that sounds amazing. I like, just really love taking a stupid idea, and then like all my friends got on board, and they're like, "Let's just bring this to life." That's that's my favorite thing to do in this the, world. Talking yeah. about stupid stupid ideas, but have has anyone from RV Game Jams floated you the the Mag Cruise or the Mag Barge? thing that we were talking about no <laughs> like god getting a room uh, in any of these places is so fucking hard why don't we just rent a boat and put it on uh, the yeah. potomac why don't we why don't we well it's freezing fucking cold is one reason why but also like why do why won't don't, why don't we i don't see how that's an issue you just put a coat on to walk into the gaylord and put a coat on i to suppose walk back out. but i guess you can't like Boats enjoy the deck of the boat if y'all oh. talking about instead of magfest i wouldn't want to miss out on all the fun if you mean you're going to rent a boat sometime like in the summer I'm on board. <laughs> no, I'm saying we like more a boat, and that's where we stay instead of trying to find a room. <laughs> well, 
Like a floating city, like a water world outside yeah, yeah. of the it'll Gaylord. Yeah, it'll be like our floating casino on the Potomac yeah. to rival the, uh, yeah. the jars you pee in, and you can drink your own pee. It filters itself yeah, out. Yeah, you like, pump it. Like Kevin yeah. Costner had. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you like three drops of fresh water, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then you water your little lime tree. I know, way too much about lime tree I know way too much about the opening scene of Waterworld because, I don't know, for some reason, I just watched it on a whim one night. And then after that scene ends, I'm like, I'm not watching this fucking movie. And then so my like memory of Waterworld is that scene. Have you finished it since? I've seen it in bits and pieces. So mm-hmm. like this is what I remember from Waterworld. He it starts. He's on the boat. He's on the well. It starts out with like in the future, uh, climate change. Has- and we're back again. How long was that? Twenty minutes? Fifteen? Something like that. Uh, the batteries yeah. died. Yeah. Um, I'm very upset. You guys were much more talkative and like joining in a complete <laughs> conversation when we weren't on mic. It's the mics are scary, Dylan. No, they're not. They hear. We've been doing this for two years. They, they hear me thoughts. Me thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> they after me thoughts <laughs> and me lucky charms <laughs> and me lucky <laughs> charms. They, they, they want it. They want it. They want. They want it. They want it real bad. Um, Scott. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> You're welcome. Play Splitty Robot. <laughs> there, there it is. There's the indie pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, but all right. Let's let's talk about everything we were talking about after the mics died. All right. Okay. Water World. The only things yes. I remember are yeah. um, he gets he's on his boat. It's uh, it's uh, after like global warming and uh, all the polar ice caps have melted, so it's only water and there's no land. And he uh, he's on his little shitty raft. And he pees in a tank, and he pumps it, and it makes fresh water, and he waters his little lime tree, and then he goes, like, salvaging for shit, like, under the water, and when he comes back, a guy has come up and stolen his limes, and he gets really mad. Man. Jump forward probably 40 minutes, or I don't know how the fuck. Dennis Hopper's there on a giant barge with Wait. jet skis. With his like chin 40 minutes over his eye. Yes. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say 40 minutes? I don't know. Because you're saying you've only watched like the first couple minutes. Well, he, and then no, no, no. Yes, exactly. He admitted he's never actually finished the movie. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, he said I, bits and pieces. I've he's seen hidden. I've seen the end of the movie, and I've seen parts in the middle, uh, and that's it. Okay. Um. Yeah, but like, and there's a part where the, the only thing they have to drink is alcohol, so they're all just super liquored up all the time. They're just drinking like whiskey neat all the fucking time. It sounds like my room, <laughs> my hotel room. And then uh, it ends with horses. You know a fun fact about that movie, the young girl in Waterworld uh-huh. grew up to be in Napoleon Dynamite as his love interest. Oh, really? Oh, my God. She had that ponytail wow. coming out the side of her head. The side ponytail, yeah. 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 Tina, Trina, I forget her real name. But um, in, in that movie, though, she's got like the cornrows and she's like badass. She's like this like hmm. growling, bitey girl. I feel like there's something about the post-apocalypse in cornrows where there's like... Yeah, you this gotta, is an edgy look. Yeah, put and this jet, on white people. Jet yeah. skis are edgy too. Right. I never understood oh, how sure. they like could waste all that fuel just jet skiing around everywhere. Have you have I you mean, have you seen someone did research that they ran the numbers on what like having a jet ski chase sequence does to film ratings? Have you seen this? No. I I saw the thumbnail in Reddit and I forget if it. I think it ensures the movie will not do well. I think so, and I think, I want to say it was, I forget, they compared, like, jet skis versus snowmobiles, and I forget which one was, like, one was a positive Science. and one was a negative. How many jet ski chasing movies are there? Like, what Probably is one a lot. you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm at least a two or three or Maybe James it's just Bond anything movies. with the jet ski. I can't recall for sure. Sure. 
It sounds don't, fun. Don't name your movie jet ski. Don't don't involve jet skis well, at all. All right, I gotta go home and change the script. Uh, <laughs> I'll be. <laughs> this episode's called Jet Ski. Yeah, I um, remember Waterworld like quite the fiasco at the time. We subscribed to Entertainment Weekly growing up, and so every week it would come out and be like, "This is still going to be the biggest." disaster of a movie ever made because it was so <laughs> incredibly over budget and mm-hmm. who directed Waterworld? i don't know who directed all right it. someone come, who's not a director a, anymore probably they had oh, oh, they had to that. I film do. it though you know obviously on the water i want to say it's someone famous and there was they some bad film it on weather the water and on the world how is there no like mount everest in that movie no that's the thing they find like the last plot of land at the end of that film and it's like the a mountain peak but now it's just like a almost a tropical island kind of because now it's at sea level um and like there are like wild horses running around it's like the last like animals that aren't humans are on there and like and that's how the movie is because like kevin costner like knows where the last piece of land in the world exists and it's mount everest it probably is it would have to be yeah yeah well, that's kind of weird. That's a lot of ice caps melting to get water all the way up to the top of Mount Everest. It's, it's probably a lot of them. It's probably a lot of ice it's caps. It's almost melting. as if it's an unbelievable movie premise hmm. for an unbelievable movie. It's 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's better than the Thomas the Tank Engine movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> which holds a 0%. Well, you need to get more kids rating the movie, and then it'll have a higher score. The um, problem is these critics get involved. Oh, God. Man. Similar movies. Listen to this shit. After Earth, yeah, The Postman, uh, Robin Hood, Eon Flux, sure, Speed, not even Speed Two, which takes place on a sh- cruise ship. Speed One, okay, S- Serenity. What? Mm, yeah, that's it. Mm. I don't know. So Serenity. who directed it? Um, um, yeah, we had one job, Dylan. You know what? <laughs> You've been sassy <laughs> ever since you've come back. <laughs> He didn't like getting the batteries run out on in him. my time. Mm. I don't know how I feel about this new sexy, confident Alex Damaris. <laughs> I'm trying to look for it. Let me just you think I'm sexy. <laughs> He's acting sexy. He's acting <laughs> sassy. Who was, who was the main woman in Waterworld? Was it Jeanne Triplehorn? And what um, else has she been in? Uh, God, you're making me Google so much shit. Uh, it was directed by Kevin Reynolds. Oh, Kevin? by the way, what was the lady who played hmm. Maid Marion in? Besides that movie uh-huh. with Kevin Costner, I used to have every fucking line of the Prince of Thieves memorized. Uh-huh. He also, only... dir- yeah, he also directed Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Oh, weird. Mm. So this was just like a Kevin Costner dude. Yeah. He's like, um, was Prince S- of Thieves before Sam- Waterworld? I think so. Prince of Thieves was ninety two. I think Waterworld was like ninety three. Mm. It's starting to go over no? my head. This is like Sam Raimi and what? Bruce Campbell. Ninety one. We have a guest. Mm. We have Justin sitting in the in the queue waiting Back for his checking. Slot. Yeah. This is starting to go over my head. You said Maid Marian, and like <laughs> in my head, the only Maid Marian is the Fox one from the Disney movie. Okay. So, um, my Maid Marian was Mary Elizabeth Maestrantonio, who was also in The Abyss, a James Cameron film with Michael Bain. You've seen that? The Abyss, Ed Harris. It's like a horror movie, right? Science yeah. fiction. It was like cutting edge sci fi at the time. It still is looking there's great. A, there's a lot of CGI in that movie. For some yeah, reason, it holds I get, up okay. I get the Abyss and the Core mixed up in my head. Yeah, the, the Core, core is, sucks. Uh, yeah, quite a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. It's uh, 
It's, it's, I think I saw that one in theaters. I'm, oh, I'm, boy. I'm, you went I'm, above and beyond was the, the core one of those movies. It seemed like there was one year in the 90s where like four different sets of related movies came out at the same time. There would be like The Postman and then some other post-apocalyptic. Post- I, it, was like, it was like Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yes. Right. And, yes. Or, or the, and Volcano. Uh, What's the one? There were two magic movies. There's one that's called oh, the Prestige the, and the Illusionist. Uh, yes, maybe? yes, yes. Uh, yes. I don't know Justin, what, you gotta wait. And Justin's with being Paul eager. Giamatti. The Illusionist is okay. It's not the Prestige. It's, it has right, nothing yeah, on the Prestige, yeah, but the yeah. Illusionist is okay. I just yeah. don't. Why does that happen? Is it chance, or does it is like someone in Hollywood is like we really need to make a movie about magicians we, and like two is, people overhear them? This has come up like <laughs> this has come up fairly often within the past couple of weeks. Is like what Moment and I were talking uh, about how um, cowboys are suddenly like the new the newest thing. So we got like Ballad of Buster Scruggs and the Sisters Brothers and Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, but cowboys are like perennial. I but I mean sure. But, but even in games, you can see that you can see like oh god, everyone thought the same kind of game archetype at the same time. Like what's the um, we also had like Battle Royale. Battle, well, Battle right. Royale was because everyone saw PUBG and they're like, yeah. oh, that made a lot of money. And then yeah. they saw Fortnite and they're like, fuck, that made a lot of money. Well, it's one thing to have like a genre come back again right. as they are cyclical, but to have something as specific as a, a Wyatt Earp biopic or something, or, right. mm. you know, our, a meteor is coming towards the earth. What can we do about it? You know, it's pretty specific. Yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder how that happens, but it still does to this day every once in a while. There's just that one year or two in the 90s where there's like four of those sets in a row. It's like, come on, guys. We had like zombies running for like two or three years, uh, and then penguins at one point. There was just a lot of penguin movies. Oh, yeah, like Happy Feet and March of the Penguins and Surf's Up. People, yeah, people were, there's a lot of penguin media there's, happening there's, there's for a little penguin while. Penguin fever. <laughs> you know that the same director that did Mad Max did Happy Feet, right? That's awesome. Look it up. I think it's Greg Miller. I might have yeah, that wrong. Greg, no, George Miller. George, George Miller. Miller. George yeah. Miller. George Miller's done some random shit here and there. Like, it makes you wonder why. You know what? The way I look at Happy... Like, because Happy Feet feels like a fever dream. So... <laughs> I'm actually not sure I've seen it. It's an animated movie that looks very realistic and is trying to sort of emulate the documentary feel. Yes, but there's a lot of, like, creepy vibes to it. Like, the, the, yeah. the whole musical aspect's weird, but also on top of that... Like Robin Williams' character, which he plays like the old Sagely Penguin, mm-hmm. of course, is weird because he talks in this very like staccato rhythm, like vocal thing, and like his sentences are really chopped up and don't make a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. he like, and he has like these weird f- plumage coming out of his his head. So he just looks like he's just like strung out on something, penguin drugs, and he just doesn't make much sense. It's a weird, it's a weird ass. <laughs> that aspect of it is weird as shit. Damn. Yeah. Oh man. And I'm pretty sure like Morgan Freeman narrates every penguin movie too. Like it's in his in his contract. Penguins of Madagascar. Right. Yeah. Um well we have to wrap up, but uh I thank you guys for, for sticking around. I'm sorry that we had to we had that cut in the middle. Um I'll use some creative licenses to to so ba- make so that games, sound nice. Uh, music Magfest, music. Yeah. I thought you said you were really excited to talk about fitness. <laughs> is this another trap fitness uh, dick in your mouth <laughs> wow wow so Dylan's gonna try and edit that so it sounds like he said it and he set that up I honestly don't know what to do with that uh, <laughs> you know we try to we try to run a, a, a good ship here clean what did he say before we started uh, say whatever you want something like that I think he said no ground he rules said, oh, ah yes there are that's no what rules. it was yeah. this was stated 
damn it. There was a verbal contract. All right, why well, don't we have to talk to Justin Emerson before we start their okay. section? Because we need to change the rules a little bit. <laughs> All right, uh, Alan, thank you for joining us, I guess. <laughs> Where can people Thanks find for having you? Me. Where can people find you? Um, you find me right here. In this, in this chair? Yeah, this okay. is where I am right now. Yeah. But if you want to look me up online, it's 8bitmullet.com. Dot com. Uh, Scott, thank you. Thank you. I'm for looking forward me. to Splay Robot on its eventual release. Thank you very much. We keep the faith, the indie game dev faith. <laughs> oh, yeah. However long it takes. That's how long it takes. <laughs> that's, that's, no stress. I think that's always true, yes. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you and your project? Um, splittyrobot.com uh, splittyrobot on Twitter and uh, Instagram and uh, also uh, shilbert on Twitter sweet shilbert yes okay. it's like Dilbert with an SH okay. yes and Alex where can people find you uh, here at MAGFest playing either Lion Wobbler or Dobaton until the Smash Ultimate Tournament starts uh, and online at Twitter at G-H-O-D-A and underscore or at Brandier.Games awesome that's the website yeah. Oh, oh, that's the website. Yeah. The still, the still under construction website. Yeah, that's it's never gonna be finished. All right. Never. Well, um, <laughs> thank you guys again. The and work in progress, like each of us. Yes, right. it's yeah. true. Constantly improving. It'll eventually be perfect, but probably not in my lifetime. Thank you guys again for coming on, and we'll take a quick break and end our Magfest shows with our final round of guests. And we're back for our last segment of tonight, our last segment of MAGFest 2019. I'm joined by Justin Mitchell. That's me. And his his sultry, scraggly... Totally wrecked voice. Con voice. <laughs> yes. And also joining us, Emerson Smith. That's me. How you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Welcome back. Another MAGFest yes. on the podcast. It's been like a year since I was last on. Yeah, we'll make it a yearly tradition. Hell yeah. Um, Justin, right off the bat, what is Nando's? Um, it is Peruvian chicken. Okay. It's great. Is it a chain? I believe it is. Okay. Um, I have been three times now as of a couple hours ago. <laughs> Wait. Like this weekend? I've had it twice. I had it yesterday and then today. Okay, but like in, in uh, your and, lifetime. And then I had it once two years back. Okay, okay. Um, but it's Peruvian chicken, lots of like turmeric, lots of garlic, uh, lots of really good spices. Um, and it comes in a lot of forms. You can literally go and buy a whole chicken and they will make you a whole chicken. So and it's give chicken it fiesta, you. but Peruvian instead of right. Hispanic, um, South American. Lots of, lots of spices. Like the garlic sauce was like, whoo, that's spicy. I can't have that. Mm -hmm. um, but so what I get is I get a bowl. Uh, so it's grilled chicken um, and there's like a handful of different spices you can have. Uh, I got mango lime yesterday and lemon herb tonight. I think I like the mango lime better. Um, <clears throat> I'm here for your Nando's recommendations. Okay. Um, uh, it comes with like a turmeric spicy rice. Uh, arugula, mm -hmm. hummus, mm -hmm. roasted red pepper, mm -hmm. uh, the chicken, and corn. Um, it's a... Like roasted corn? Roasted or? corn. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, like a great collection of flavors. Uh, I got a side of garlic bread because it's phenomenal. I feel like in another life, Justin is like a food critic. 
Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could, sure. I could be that in this life too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> let's just start sending them places. Yeah. Just, could, yeah. That's fine. We're we'll start a we'll have a column. We'll create a newsletter. I mean, we have the food minute. We do have the food minute. This is welcome the to food. the food minute. <laughs> this is the food minute. You know what? We 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 <clears throat> backed into the food minute. I yeah. completely forgot we about the, the food minute, but but we're here. We're here. Um, and then yeah, they have these things called naughty nadas, n a t a s, um, and it is a little custard tart with powdered sugar on it, and it's fucking great. Wow. Um, it's it's a little pricey, mm-hmm. but. Uh, is this it's like a sit down kind of uh you can get stuff to go okay. like you so could go is it like in fast casual like or i mean not fast casual but what's the uh like family dining like your applebee's hmm. and whatever um, is it like that kind of sort of but with a different like workflow okay. so you go in you get you don't get seated you're given a table number and menus and then you go straight up to the counter and you order your shit and you pay for it and then you go and you sit at your table and then they bring you the food, and then okay. you eat, and you, you know, be merry. Yeah, eat, eat and be merry, and and then you can leave at your leisure. Um, it's a little pricey, but this is the only place that I go that I have it, and so it's one of my Magfest staples. Uh, we'll have to do it if you don't get it tomorrow before you leave, uh, which I highly recommend that you do. But uh, next year we should do a like a Nando's trip. They are always slammed. Always. Oh, really? That place is bumping all the time. <laughs> it's bumping. It's bumping. <laughs> it's bumping. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's weird. Like you take one step over the Potomac, and it's like, oh, here are all these food places. Everything's that, different. That, that don't come to yeah. Virginia. Learned about the uh, the liquor laws here. Totally in different. Maryland. It's not a control state. There's no ABC. Right, but on top of that, you can't buy you can't buy beer in a grocery store. All alcohol is sold in a liquor store. You sure? Yes, I looked it up. That then, has like, that that must have changed recently. Then, because when I, I mean, used, they I think with some of the other stuff I saw is like some some of the grocery stores are grandfathered in. Okay, but because in most my part, in my Oticon days, mm-hmm. like 2011, Ode to Oticon. Oh yes, um, we would hit up the CVS across the street and get discount like handles of bourbon. Mm-hmm. There's CVS had a whole aisle of liquor, and it was all like like. There was always some sort of deal running during Oticon. Um, so maybe the laws have changed. I don't know. I was told that if you want alcohol of any sort, gotta go to a liquor store. Hmm. And like you said, not a control state, so I assume they're privately owned liquor stores. Right. Hmm. 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 Emerson, hmm. do you have anything to contribute about food or alcohol? I don't, uh, because I spent all my time playing games and not really eating this weekend. So. That's smart. I, I was not prepared for the the food minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. The food minute is okay. a special thing between me and and uh, and Justin, and I completely forgot. The food minute only happens when I come on the show, right? right. And it's like what I've been cooking lately, or yeah, you know, food recommendations. Justin Mitchell's test kitchen. <clears throat> it's okay. I, you know, I feel like I'm witnessing an intimate moment here. So it's like uh, it's also quick, yeah. it's special. Quick addition to the food minute. We're also shirtless right now. Just to clarify, Justin and myself, we're not. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, quick addition to the food minute when I was down in the expo hall with Tori spending a lot of money on art. Yeah, very good. You're art. a fool. Um, what good, good art or not? Like, I have what we have. How, uh, much, how much money did you drop? Every, everyone listening, support your artists. Yeah, no, support all okay, artists. That came out wrong. I'm just saying, it, <laughs> I, 
I'm just not. I appreciate You're, the art, art that's down there, but I'm not someone that's like I want this, you know, video game art hung up in my. Oh, house. I, I am. I definitely am that person. Right. Yeah, um, I know. That's okay. Not all of it's video game art either. Right. Uh, some of it's like some of it's porn. True. Yeah. And some of it's original work sure. down there. There's some good original work there, down there. There are some artists down there that are really fantastic. Yeah. Um, we were down there randomly. We randomly formed the RVA Game Jams group down there organically. Yeah. Last night at like so many of us one thirty in the morning. Right. It was like Mike and Moman and Kirk and me and Tori and I was there at one point. Yeah, and you were there earlier. Um, Before Kirk showed up, I didn't, I didn't run into Kirk. Yeah, but like uh, Mike showed me this artist who does all of his art in black and white. Yeah, I saw he showed and me. Then, yeah, and then did like sort of color washes over top. And it's all, actually, it's not all original. A lot of it was fan art, but stylistically amazing. Um, but yeah, so Tori and I were down there. So um, how much money did you drop? Honestly, I have no idea. I gotta check my bank account. Not, it was a lot of transactions. <laughs> we have a whole we have a whole bag of shit, and then we bought some other stuff yesterday. Money was spent. Dollars money, were, money was dollars spent. were thrown. It was, it was probably it was probably over a hundred. Oh, it's not bad. No, I, I'm not. I'm not dropping like you know six hundred dollars on art. Some people could be. I could. Yeah. There are leather shops down there, and it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but. One guy just needs a new riding crop. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I want, I want like the tunics. I want like the 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 Renfair gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, gherkin. Yeah, but um, a guy was working a booth. I think for his, his sister was the artist, um, and she did a collaboration with a bunch of other artists and some chefs and made a Breath of the Wild actual cookbook. What with like a bunch of the recipes, oh my gosh. pictures of them, but also art of like all the ingredients and like and everything. And I was like, "Is this, like is this available anywhere online or anything?" And he was like, "No." And I was like, "It's twenty bucks. Give me this book. Like I can't buy this anywhere else." It that sounds amazing. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it it has like the crepes three ways, like the nor- the plain crepes and the berry crepes and like I know you can make crepes in Breath of the Wild. There's if you get sugar, so it's butter, sugar, milk, and the Tabantha wheat, mm. you can make an entire line of like cakes and pies and wow. crepes. So how does it determine what kind of pastry it is? Depends on your ingredients. Mm. Mm. There are like five or six different um, cooking things that you can make where you have to use specific ingredients in a specific order, but everything else is pretty free form. Emerson, did you ever find Louis? I knew you were looking for I him. I did. I did, actually. Um, it's really funny. So I kept tweeting at him because... <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> well, because to me. He, he posted a map, right? He posted a map, and it was like, I'm over here, and he'd marked like the, the places where he was, and what I didn't realize is he'd cut off yes. like half of the map. No, it's funny, because I immediately realized that, okay. because I went into the guidebook app, and I was like, all right, where is he? All right, he says J. J's not at the top. Oh, J's right. in the middle, and then I looked back at the picture, and I was like, oh. Yeah, he's in the middle. I, I couldn't find the map on the website or whatever, but um, maybe Mac I should have looked harder. Yeah, he he tweeted back at me and he was like, "Oh, I'm in the middle," and I was like, "Okay, cool." So I found him. Um, I don't know a lot of his work. It's mostly the Mabim Bam 
shorts that he's made and then that really great wario animation that he made that one time i don't know if you saw that i'm actually not familiar with his work um so i have a friend uh who wasn't able to make it to magfest oh and who's a big fan of their of uh his work and um he was giving out stickers of some characters and stuff uh for free and and my friend was like oh my gosh i please can you get those for me and by the time i found them they were all gone but oh no but i got her something else so it's okay that's nice um it's not what she wanted but he's he's a very talented artist animator and musician yeah like he was just playing like a i don't even know what it was it was like a keyboard but you like you blow in it it's called a melodica a lotica melodica melodica okay i mean it's really cool it's no theremin nothing is a theremin but a theremin yeah <laughs> an etherophone uh um, etheroscope yeah uh yeah m- melodicas are super interesting there's mm-hmm. at least a couple currently in this hotel because i know because you can hear of, it well no i bun- i know a bunch of materia collective people that brought theirs so that's mm-hmm. what i like about magfest so much is like just the music aspect is so pivotal to the experience there's bands playing in the halls and just people walking around like i saw a woman who had an accordion and she was mm-hmm. just walking around with her accordion playing awesome. music. Do you know, you know who she was cosplaying? Was she was she the bird from Breath of the Wild? Yeah, she's yeah. she's okay. like Cass. walking around playing mm-hmm. cast yeah. songs. That's why I thought so awesome. It's so great. I, didn't I think see she's her. staying yeah. in my hotel actually, um, across the bridge in Old Town Alexandria because we saw her and I assume her boyfriend or husband um, standing on the median across from the hotel waiting for uh, like an Uber. Uh, in in cosplay with the accordion, I was like, "This is the most cast thing that she could do right now." <laughs> I love it. Right, I love it. There was an accordion guy on Train Jam, and every time we stopped, he would get out and he would just like walk up and down the train platform and, and play his accordion. I think he was also the tea guy. He brought a portable water boiler that he just plugged into an outlet, and he, made, and he had like a suitcase full of different teas. Oh my gosh, that's dope. Yeah, he was he was an, an eccentric dude. That would be me on Train Jam. <laughs> Was it you? It Were you secretly me. on Train Jam? I you should so, do Train Jam. So I, part of me really wants to do Train Jam, and I I, I have plans to do Train Jam. Um, but outside of Global, which is really easy and accessible for me, this is also really easy and accessible. Like there's like no pressure. No, no, no. But Train Jam is quite a bit more commitment than driving 15 minutes oh, downtown. Oh, I, okay. Do, do you yes, see what I'm yes, saying? Yes, 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 yes. I um, thought you meant about the actual game development yeah, 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 itself. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, like the actual event itself. Yes. Outside of Global, I don't plan on doing anything that way wise until War of Alana's out. Fair enough. Yeah. How's War of Alana going? Good. Yeah? Good. Uh, you showed me some Code Complete? Yeah, Code code Complete uh, as of maybe two months ago. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um and now it's, it's a just, big day. It's a, it's a momentous it was, occasion. It was it was a big day. Um, we're we're starting on framework and stuff for the next game. Um, extremely excited about that project. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've got at least another year, uh, and and probably a, a bit more into War of Lana. Um, I recently, as of I don't know, three or four days ago, um, finished the final art revision on all of the maps and tile sets that make up the first half of the game so i have everything i need to build the first half um and i then i just need to code in story events and dialogue uh all the battles are super easy and modular to put together um and then 
I have a little bit of art for chapter three, like the third quarter, and that's it. Hmm. So there's a lot of new design that's going to take place. I kind of want to stream it because like, I don't know. I feel like art streams are really cool. You're a big fan I, of that, of I'm watching big, other people do it. I'm a big it. fan of art streams. And I feel like it's also easy to just be like, I'm going to work on art for the next four hours. I might as well just hit this button and let other people watch it. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you done much of that before? I've never streamed. Okay. It's super fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, like, I did it for um, like about three or four months, I think. I had like um, regular hours, three days a week where uh, I would stream game development. And you should totally do that. And, and if you keep regular hours, you can get regulars who will come in and just like hang out with you right each week and it's just it's so chill and it's so fun there's and um yeah it, it helps me be productive at least like knowing kind of people are looking over my shoulder and stuff right yeah uh, but yeah. in a fun way um so i have watched regular streams of two indie games one is now out and i'm super excited this time spinner um, super excited that Time Spinner's out and it's a wonderful game. Um, but I'm sad that there's no more Time Spinner streams. So were they only streaming the art or were they streaming the art in the programming as um, well? Some art, some programming. Okay. Um, like sometimes Bodhi would get on stream and be like, guys, today we're going to make this new attack. And so he'd like animate some like fireball things or whatever. And then he'd go and he was a, I think like a tool set developer at Bungie. Oh wow! And so wow. he, when he was when he was starting up, Time Spinner, um, he spent. He said, I think he said two, two or three weeks, or maybe it was a couple of months. Um, and he built on on the XNA framework. He just built a like toolkit for him to build this game in. Um, and part of that toolkit was a sprite atlas. And so he'll go in and he'll um, do some sprite work for. Um, like the new ability <clears throat> and then go into the sprite atlas mm -hmm. and like work out where that sprite is and like id it and everything and then he'd go into the code and like okay i want it to come out this direction and it's going to do this and then he'd go and test it and be like nope that sucks okay and like keep working on it and people like give him feedback i give him feedback on some of his design stuff um and one of my favorite parts uh, and Buddy Lee's great and hilarious. Um, anyway, but one of my favorite parts of watching him work is that he'll find code that's super like six years old that's doing something, and he's like, "Past Bodhi, why did you do this? <laughs> what is what was Past Bodhi doing? I don't know what he was doing." <laughs> and he'll just like comment it out and keep going, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, like he'll just like curse his past self on on stream. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, so that, that was time spinner. And then, uh, the other one, which is still going on Tuesdays, uh, I think it's like 1 PM central or something like that. Um, is Heartforth Alicia. Right. You which, mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, also a Metroidvania. Right. Um, also largely made by one person. Also a video game. Speaking of video games, Emerson, what have you played? downstairs that's a really hard segue all right i played <laughs> so i did it play is. a lot of games uh were you able to play very many games either of you guys um i played, um, a few. I played everything that i've played well i mean scott's game splitty robot was like right. the only new game that i played this year and then i played some dobatone 
um, which Dobatone, Dobatone's great. Justin, Justin really and I played Dobatone together yeah. along with Sean. Very fun. Um, and then I played uh, Black Emperor in the actual cabinet, not the jury-rigged thing that they had two years ago. <laughs> and then I played the uh, Pika Weight version of uh, Black Emperor. Oh, nice. What about you? Sweet. So I... I oh my played, god, you have your phone out. You're ready. I created a list here um, because I played so many games. And one of the... Um, I just found a lot of games that had like really interesting mechanics in them this year. Um, some of them, I, I think, have um, maybe a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like kind of focusing on those ideas. but um, And then some of them are really, really good. Um, but I guess I can run through some of those if you want. Yeah, or um, like maybe highlight or, the ones that you are most excited about, whichever whichever yeah. way you want to do it. Um, so one that I played today that I thought was super interesting um, uh, was called As It Is. I don't know if you saw that I, one at all. I don't think I saw that. I feel like so. I saw a poster that said that, but I can't right. remember. And it had their, their like um, booth had kind of an autumn theme with like leaves okay. and red controllers and it was it was very very aesthetic very okay. good okay um uh but so this game is like a side scrolling adventure game and um and it has a bunch of animal characters it's like leaning more into the animal um uh sort of like they're animals that that talk like people rather than like night in the woods where they're like anthropomorphic characters. right right okay um it's so like more more animal. Can't have a bad comparison, but they, like Watership Down. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, um, it, yeah. I mean, it really looked like kind of like a children's book illustration right. in, in some ways. And so the interesting mechanic in this game is you have these different characters. Um, they're telling you you play as different ones, and in the demo there, you just play as Hedgehog, who is a hedgehog. Um, <laughs> oh, um, you and, don't say. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing <laughs> I noticed too in going through it is I think they. I think, if I remember correctly, they use gender-neutral pronouns for everyone. So oh, it's cool! Like, so they're um, they don't really gender a character um, either way, which I thought was interesting. Um, but sort of the main mechanic with the character Hedgehog is uh, Hedgehog has social anxiety. <laughs> um, so uh, so your objective is you need to find out. Um, you're in a band. And you need to find out when the concert is. Are you sure this isn't Night in the Woods? I'm pretty sure this is Night in the Woods. Yeah. So, so well, the thing <laughs> is, is like they're still on all fours and stuff, right? Um, and like, there's like a rabbit that's collecting grass or whatever. And What's being, the rabbit's name? Rabbit. Okay. I think I think I remember that correctly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so you need to go. No, sorry, not rabbit. It was a different character. But anyway, you need to go talk to rabbit. And okay. Rabbit's really intimidating. Sure. And rabbit's kind of an asshole. So when you go and talk to rabbit the way that this game handles dialogue options is um, basically the the screen kind of shifts up and this new additional part comes up in the bottom and you have like a little platformer level with these clouds that represent ideas and um, and like moods. Uh-huh. Hmm. Like, so like when you're going to talk to Rabbit, um, you... Um, and they kind of have a little tutorial section where you're talking to somebody else. And so they kind of like, you don't want to just go to somebody like I wouldn't just walk up to you. Um, or maybe I would cause like we know each other better, but I wouldn't sure. walk up to somebody I don't know super well and ask them about like, um, you know, their relationship or, 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 or even something like, I guess like, 
if I were to walk up to a person and be like, what time does the bus come on this route or whatever? And they'd be like, who the fuck are you? Right? Like, like, why are you talking to me? So then you have to like, you have to like start a conversation with somebody with a different idea. Mm -hmm. So in this platform screen that comes up, um, there are like two other hedgehogs at the top with like fishing, they're like fishing or whatever. And so when you go and, um, jump at these ideas, uh, like if you wanted to talk to somebody about the concert, you would hit the, uh, the cloud that says concert and then it flies over to one of those fishing rods and gets hooked onto it mm -hmm. and you can go and like swap out those different ideas or whatever and then you also pick like a tone like excited or relaxed or whatever um for how you're gonna say it and so you have to like run and jump and like get these options while the the person up there is like waiting for you to say something oh, so, so, like so since time. rabbit's kind oh. of an asshole rabbit will just be like uh are you gonna say something or whatever and then like the screen starts shaking and it just gets harder um, and, uh, um, you good? and then once you have those two ideas, um, then it just goes into a dialogue option and continues the conversation. So you have this kind of like energetic, um, action platformy thing going on while this conversation is happening up there. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I mean, saying it, the game didn't say it was a game about social anxiety, but like, right. but I mean, I, um, the things that you have control over with that character and the things that um, the way that the gameplay kind of sold that metaphor really worked for me. That's I thought cool. that was a really interesting yeah, yeah. way like to represent that, that. And very Undertale-esque, right? Like we're in, like the combat is like is not what you would think. Like there's a turn-based element and then there is a like when when the opponent attacks then you're like dodging the stuff yeah I mean, it's it, like it, it doesn't inherently have like a, a uh, like a social message built into that mm -hmm. but it's like something similar i like the layered like nested different types right. of games within games yeah. i i definitely want to go find that yeah and, it's, um, and check it out as it is it's called as it is and i didn't write down who is making it but i remember it now because you come in it's on the right right it's on right, the right wall. yeah 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 i remember okay. I remember looking over someone's shoulder and I saw a bunch of like animals in a forest mm -hmm. talking. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And like, there's a little like, uh, like trumpet sound that plays <laughs> when you jump or whatever. It's like, burr, 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 whenever you like jump and it's just, it's really cute. Like, it's just, that's funny. Very that sounds great. I, um, constantly, I'm constantly looking at this battery cause I'm like freaking out if it's going to just like cut itself off. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's True. got like, it's got a segment left, but who knows? Um, Speaking of Night in the Woods, since you brought it up, did you ever see that? Uh, remember when that the Super Smash Brothers meme was going around where they made that trailer that didn't have any music, so people yes. were lacing music yeah. over it? Did you mm -hmm. see the Night in the Woods one or the Fenji no, one? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. All right, so I'm friends with Harris Foster. Um, shout out to Harris Foster, community manager at Fenji. He's going to be in my hotel room at Awesome Games Done Quick next week. Um, they did that, so he used the official Finji Twitter and he was like, wow, this is like, it syncs up so perfectly. Mm -hmm. And the trailer starts and it's the guy like looking at the mural of all the Smash characters and then it zooms in and it's showing them all fighting and stuff. <laughs> and instead of music playing over top, he, you just hear someone tap a mic and go, is this thing on? And it's Harris talking. And he's like, uh, yeah, so um, my name's Harris Foster and uh, this message is for Reggie fils It's like, if you can get to him, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, I would like May Burkowski to be a character in Smash. Yes. And um, her Smash power would be uh, crippling anxiety. And she just, <laughs> he just goes on like this small little tangent about like why, what May's powers would be. But it right. reminded me when you were like, yeah, so Hedgehog, the Hedgehog mm -hmm. has social anxiety. Right. Um, and that's like his power. That's really cool. Yeah. 
Um, anything else? Any other big game that you enjoyed? Um, uh, okay. I guess if we want to go through um, another interesting mechanic. Um, this game, by the end of the demo, um, I was hitting a continue screen every second and then restarting it, and I just had infinite tries because this person who's working on it has made the game impossible. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, really? So, so we'll start there, right? All right. But it's, it's really... Um, it's a really interesting game. It's called Longins, I think, by 10K, 10-K. Um, and so it's a game that takes place in a single frame. You're in the single level, and it's a boss rush game. Mm. And you're playing... All the graphics are very vectorized, very hard edges and, and, and these shapes. And you're playing this, this uh, character with a spear. Um, and they float around kind of like they have a jet pack on. You, like, hold one of the... Like, one of the bumpers and it lets you fly and if you let go you start falling down so you have to kind of balance that to balance your height so in addition to all that it's like a bullet hell game okay so you're dodging all these bullets and everything and you're jetpacking up and down and then you have a swing attack that's like this very horizontal attack but the the real um uh sort of cool mechanic or one of them is um uh, as you're like breaking down the bits of this boss, it reveals these weak points, mm. and you have a you have your spear, right? And to do your spear attack, you have to collect these um, uh, uh, diamond pieces that like shatter off of the the parts that you break off. And so what you have to do is you have to like hold down the spear button and like maneuver in real close. And then the game starts to slow down and the camera like zooms in real far as you're like lining in the shot. And then when you let go, you thrust the spear forward. And if you like nail this like weak spot, then it just like destroys that part of the boss. Wow. And and the, and the, and the rest of the like fight sort of evolves from there. Um, so, so that was super satisfying, and and then the art is really pretty. Um, but there's also this other weird mechanic where you have a like shield around your character, and it's pretty small, and you're supposed to like charge up the shield by flying close to incoming bullets and stuff, and then you're supposed to tap it to destroy all the bullets around you uh-huh. in, inside this tiny shield. So it feels kind of useless. And in order to do that, you have to take your thumb off of the attack button. And move it to the other side of the face buttons, mm-hmm. so you make it so you like can't attack anymore, so that you can delete these bullets when you're like dodging them anyways. And but there are too many bullets later for you to not be doing that. And it just, it's it's one of like there's just several mechanics where it just feels like there's like too much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the like core of it, like the the core parts of it, feel so strong that I would love to see that just kind of like focused more What's it sounds it, it sounds very polished as far as like the spear mechanic and like the zoom in yeah. and the impact the feel uh, yeah. on that stuff is really good but like i said good. for the last boss literally every second i was pressing start to like continue the fight from where i left off with a new character and just like mashing the attack button while I was had a few invincible frames before it killed me again. Cause there were so many bullets on the screen. There was like a thing where there was like a wave of these. So, uh, the project, the projectiles are the same color as the boss. I'm really fucking up. So we're going to quickly do outros before this thing dies again. Justin, where can people find you? Uh, at J Mitchell, one six two eight on Twitter, and at Lore Weaver CW on Twitter. Emerson, I'm at Wolfie Bites. That's 
B-Y-T-E-S, Wolfie Bites, and my website is emersonsmith.io. Awesome. Um, and if you like this podcast and you want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you can at, find them at ward-games.com or on Twitter at wardvideogames. Emerson, Justin, thank you for being on the final section. Thank you. Thank you That's, for having us. Of course. I love having you guys on. Great to be here. Um and that's it. That's Magfest 2019. We had a rocky last night because I'm an Woo. idiot and I didn't ch- charge the batteries. And, <laughs> and my um, voice is gone. And your voice Woo. is gone. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you at Awesome Games Done Quick. <laughs>